Hi, I'm Agneta, and you're listening to The Progcast. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie, and you are listening to The Progcast. Welcome back to another episode of the broadcast. Today is going to be a little bit different as I have um, two wonderfully talented Norwegian ladies joining me, but not both are actually calling from Norway. Um, broadcast listeners might know Agnete from a couple of previous episodes. Um, <laughs> she's, of course, the singer of Madame Mortem. And also appeared on the latest Autumn Tears record. And joining her for one song on there is Anne-Marie Alexis. Um, and people who used to listen to a lot of prog and doom and metal in the 90s might remember her under the, uh, the name of Anne-Marie Edwards, right? And from Edwardsen. the... Edwardsen. sorry. <laughs> um mm -hmm with The Third and the Mortal back in the 90s, and she's now living in Sicily and calling from there. Hi, Anne-Marie, welcome to the broadcast. <laughs> Hello, thank you for letting me go on your show. That's uh, wonderful. And uh, there's actually uh, two more songs on the Autumn Tears album when, uh, where I sing alone. Yeah. And me and Agneta have one. Duetto. Duet, yes. Duetto, <laughs> as we say here in Italy. <laughs> yeah, um, this Autumn Tears albums, um, I mean, this, uh, Agnete, maybe you can tell us a little bit how you <coughs> you um, got in touch or, or got involved with this project as it's not your first, it was not your first appearance. No, I mean, it was one of these things, just... Because I I did a couple of songs on the previous Autumn Tears album as well. And that just came about simply because Ted wrote me on Facebook and said, Hi, do you want to sing in my album? And I said, yes. <laughs> That's how it goes nowadays. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's an amazing opportunity because it's... Uh, the musicians you use are really really good the recording quality is amazing and i think it's for me especially coming from a heavier kind of band as my main thing it's so fun to be able to work in a more like neoclassical different kind of setting did you know so, autumn tears before he approached you i knew of them but you know they had been relatively dormant for quite a long time before the previous record so i kind of knew it a little bit and then as for any project, I'm not, uh, I'm not that occupied with how famous the band is. It's more, is the song actually interesting? And I, I really enjoy the music. So I did those and really enjoyed it. And they asked me back for this album as well, um, which I'm really happy to do. <laughs> so Anne-Marie, how, how did, did, uh, did you end up uh, on three songs of the latest Autumn Tears album, The Glow of Desperation. <laughs> well, it was the same way as Agneta, I guess, because he just contacted me first, I guess he, he added me as a Facebook friend and then he contacted contacted me about and asked me if I wanted to, to do a few songs on his next album. And 
I said yes. <laughs> yeah, um, and it. I, I just I just mentioned, of course, uh, that that uh, you were um, part of the music scene in the 90s, appearing on two albums with The Third and The Mortal and also touring with them. Um, but in, in, in this kind of, um, yeah, rock, metal, prog, doom world, you, you, you were not really part of that anymore uh, publicly in the last uh, uh, years since your departure from um, The Third and The Mortal, I think. Yeah. Um, so, um, why don't you fill us up a little bit what you've been up to um, musically and and um, yeah, in in terms of the arts. <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, as I we were on our tour in uh, Germany actually in 1997. Uh, yes, it was nice. It was 1997. I uh, had um, uh, applied to get into the music conservatory in Trondheim. So I remember during that tour, it was in the Easter, I was uh, uh, acknowledged that I got into that school. And then uh, because of that, that was part of the reason why I left, because I started to uh, concentrate on my classical singing. And also, um, um, it's like when you when you sing classical music uh, and you ha you're going to develop your voice specifically it's important to relax your voice too and I felt actually in that tour that it was a bit heavy for my voice to sing that much and so many styles which I <laughs> <laughs> okay I was young so when you're young you explore like all the styles and it's possible to do that uh, especially in the studio but if I would go on tours all the time I don't know if it would be so healthy to combine it with my my classical singing. Um, uh, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned the diversity you were you were singing in a lot of different styles and with the third and the mortal during these times you were actually um uh yeah exploring different styles on on the the albums were not like okay this is prog metal this is doom metal they were quite avant-garde and 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 experimental in 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 mm -hmm. style so um i, I as as a I, i also have a classical uh background in a, in my mm -hmm. vocal formation and uh i can absolutely see that that it that it is um Kind of a very very different approach. Uh, seeing classical singing, pop or rock or metal, um, uh, as you said, you you have to relax your voice a lot. Singing classical metal and it it might come counterintuitive uh, to you. Um, always like um, regarding from where where you come from, if you. Uh, started out singing with pop and stuff then and and then you you, you learn to sing uh, classically um you you learn to relax and all that and and the other way around i found for me very, very it, it's it's very weird for me uh not to relax and put put you know put more pressure into into it and stuff so uh because 
yeah, the classical training came first. <laughs> well, for me, it was uh, it was not the classical training that came first. Uh, it was uh, through, of course, what every singer, I guess, is in their bedroom singing with the <laughs> hairbrush and stuff. You know, <laughs> uh, so I started off with that, and uh, uh, and then I. I didn't start singing classical until I was 19 years old. Uh, and before that, I was experimenting with jazz, fusion, uh, gospel singing, soul, and all those uh, more chesty kind of singing. So, uh, but and then I, w I came into the into the music gymnasium when I was 19. Then I wanted to sing jazz, but I had a teacher that told me, "Oh, you, you I cannot teach you to sing jazz." But I can teach you to sing classical, and I was like, eh, I wanted to sing jazz, but okay. So I started, uh, and I felt very stiff, and I thought it was very difficult. Uh, and then, then I joined a big band, you know, this with the uh, brass instruments and stuff. So I was singing in, in, in a big band for two years, and I also had other jazz uh, projects, and I was singing classical, like in my lessons and stuff, and. Uh, after two months of uh, training classical, I already uh, mastered it so much that I got one of the solo parts in the concert in, for Christmas for the school. So, so I learned very quickly, but I, I felt it was a struggle to learn how to sing really in classical singing. Yeah. So, uh, so I have been like. Yeah, into all these styles uh, in man, many rounds. And, and what I feel is that when you sing different styles uh, and you come to a new place, I moved from, because I lived in the north of Norway when I was going to that school, then I moved to Trondheim. And then the, when I came there, everybody thought that I was, uh, what did they think, I was a jazz singer or if I was a classical singer. I think that, yes, they thought I was a classical singer. And then I started to sing jazz, and they were like, "How? Why are you singing? Why are you singing jazz?" <laughs> so it's like they want to put you in some some spots. box, and, and I, yeah, I think it's sometimes it it has to do with jealousy too. That oh, don't come into my area, just uh. stay where you are. <laughs> I have felt that many times, <laughs> and also in classical singing, you have like different types of Fach, as they say in German. Yeah, and. and uh, as a classical singer, I am also like an assoluta type that can sing many different fachs. And then I also see how people are like, oh no, don't sing my stuff. You should sing this and you should sing that. <laughs> so, uh, but th that's how I am. So I guess that's how I'm made. So. <laughs> I can, I, yeah, I, I can I can absolutely agree to that. I mean, <laughs> as a, as a as a singer, I would uh, approach any opera uh, type different than a Schubert lead. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. Uh, a as a very basic demonstration for people who might not be that familiar with with the with the different classical types and classical periods and eras. Um, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, thinking back to the nineties, um, Madame Mortem started out in nineteen <laughs> around nineteen ninety seven, I think, and the and you. Well, that was the first um, like proper demo, but we yeah. started like the beginnings of it was around '93, I guess. So <laughs> when we and BP started together. 
So yeah, um, the um, Metamortem and uh, the third and the mortal, I maybe were the same, the, the, a child of the same scene that was brewing the in these days. Um, mm -hmm. For for me, of course, uh, looking at it in, in retrospect, um, like as a music historian, so to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but looking at the at the the albums that were released these in 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 the nineties uh, from from a lot of different European bands a lot of them Norwe Norwegian <laughs> but also of course um, the the Dutch scene was was kind of growing uh, in at, at the same time with the Gathering and 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 uh, within Temptation at the beginning of the nineties with their first. Um, with their first uh, steps and their first EPs and stuff, which were also very doomy and and all that. Um, uh, Agneta, were you were you aware of the Third and the Mortal? Where, where, did you did you know them back then? Did you <laughs> go? Not know them as people. That would be like, <laughs> but where? Oh my God! Yes, it was like it was such a big thing for us, you know. Uh, um, because I think, like, me and BP mainly came from a death metal... We were listening to, like, grunge and death metal and Metallica. And that's kind of where we came from. But then, for us, we never were... We never saw ourselves as a gothic band, you know, when the whole Tristania, that sort of scene came in. But um, the Third and the Mortal records were a different kind of thing, you know, with more of these explorations of... Other genres, I mean, you start with the Kari records, which are like in the beginnings of this atmospheric doom thing. But I think when Marie came in, there was a whole different kind of premises for female vocals and metal music. And what you were talking about, these experimental styles, I think that was particularly what was important to me, at least, because it was like, oh, but you don't have to just do the... Oh, <laughs> you your arms and go all gothy thing. You can do fun stuff. <laughs> so it was huge for us when we recorded Mercury. I think that was like our we knew sod all about production, so we didn't have that much control of how the record ended up. But the reason it's very reverb-y and kind of like foggy and sounds like it's slightly underwater is because we were trying to head for like the kind of soundscape that the Third Immortal were doing. This kind of dreamy, floaty thingy. We didn't get all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very interesting to hear um, and, and of course now to listen back um, because I think... Um, the third and the mortal had mostly abandoned their metal roots in like in the grand like the, the, of course there were uh, the odd guitar here and there um, uh, still but but it was not like at the forefront of the whole um, of, of the whole album uh, for 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 in this room for example um, and went with with mercury it's it's uh, of course, it it is it is still a, a very metal, a very heavy record. Um, but but I can I can actually see where when when you when you say now you were influenced by that diversity um, that and and doing something different than the other bands of this 
this budding yeah. scene back then. <laughs> and I think also to, I think also another important point of the Eternal Mortal Records for us, I think, was uh, it was more interesting tonality-wise than a lot of bands. You know, there was something more going on in the tonal palette than just the power chords or just the plain minor major chords and that was a relief i think for us who are kind of i don't know there's something wrong with us we're proggy from (laughs) (laughs) by nature i guess we love dissonance and i think it kind of opened up the horizons for things that were didn't have to be either or you know either like heavy metal or oh very beautiful uh, that that did, that was often how it went. Like the early Doom stuff, it was either yeah. like power chord riffs, and then you would have this slow section with uh, very beautiful, very clean operatic vocals. And most of the things I like really Nightwish, yeah, like Nightwish, yeah. for instance. They, like they, they also super... started started in 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 these times, and uh, yeah, became the they were the before biggest. this were an immortal, wasn't they? They were they before. Were they were quite early out. Like the yeah. Darius, like the historian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't say what what's the what's the the, the earliest Nightwish record now, but I, I I certainly do know that like within Temptation, uh, the dance was 1993 maybe, mm-hmm. um, and and Nightwish and within Temptation probably became two of the biggest um, commercially successful bands coming out of that scene. But uh, <laughs> then again, they also changed their style to a, to a more commercial one. Um, mm-hmm. um, I could not see uh, Within Temptation gaining that huge commercial success were they still playing the style of the dance EP. <laughs> no, no. But, but I think I think like the big thing. Sorry, I'm cutting into <laughs> you. You're talking there, so that's so unpolite of me. But I think like the big thing was there was this, you know, the beauty, beauty and the beast idea, where it was very definitely the beauty or the beast at separate times or like in separate parts of the music, and. I would very much like to have access to both. <laughs> <laughs> both at, at, at the like same that. time. <laughs> yeah, both at the same time. And, and doing these things that are genre boundary crossing, which is what I really, really enjoy. And I think... I have to put on another sweater. <laughs> put on another sweater. It's colder in Sicily. This is, I'm in Norway in a t-shirt. She's in Sicily with yeah, two sweaters. ironic? I'm in Sicily and I have to put on two wool sweaters on top of it. It is... Uh, the, the, the world is going crazy. Um, it's madness. And Anyway, Anne-Marie, I, w- I would... Uh, love to hear a little bit about your memories from from back in the days when when you were making music with the third in the mortal and if you um w- when you were making this particular kind of music that we we already established that you were different to the to the rest of the lot um how, how did did that <laughs> div- develop and how did that feel in the scene did you feel part of a scene or did you always uh just think about the music that you wanted to make i think uh, um i could say that uh, what i had in me from metal would be 
from the heavy metal type of things from the 80s. Uh, and especially because I had uh, I have two sisters and they were very much into metal and they loved Metallica and Sepultura, and uh, we also listened to the like Striper and the Christian bands and stuff, and uh, so it was a lot of that style. But I was never uh, uh, like a really big fan of uh, any bands because I have always been like finding the gems everywhere. So I would always love a good melody, and I would, I would love like power ballads was fantastic for me. <laughs> uh, and also, if I listen to pop music, I would listen to those that were a bit melancholic. And I always loved like the long lines. I think that's the like the lyric part of me. Like I, I'm an opera singer today, <laughs> and not only that, but I think that's the, uh, what's strongest in me is the love for the beautiful melody lines mm. and the symphonic stuff, and or not only symphonic, but uh, so I was um, uh, and, and I, I never heard about Nightwish at the time when I started to sing in The Third Immortal. I had never heard about The Third Immortal. Uh, there was actually, and I never heard about any of those others, um, but there was actually a, a friend of the band that came to my school, to the music gymnasium, gymnasium because I was going to the music gymnasium in Trondheim the last year. And he came to me and he said, well, I have, I have some friends they have lost their vocalist and they want to find a new one. So would you consider uh, coming with me to their rehearsal room tomorrow? And I don't think they even knew that he would bring me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this guy, actually, this guy, I actually took his place in that class because he, <laughs> they kicked him out of school because he, didn't uh, show up too much. Oh, and, what yeah. Else? <laughs> and I was trying to get out of the school from in Sotland because I was so uh, I didn't want to live there anymore. So I got his place. <laughs> so that was uh, kind of funny. And then uh, he just brought me to their rehearsal room. Uh, but be uh, before that, I went to a record store and listened to uh, the EP Sorrow and the other one uh, Tears Laid in Earth. And I was thinking, this is uh, this is nice. This is something different. And I was thinking, oh yeah, I want to uh, I want to go and meet these people. And I I rehearsed one of the songs, and uh, then I just went to the rehearsal room, and uh, we started to um, we started off singing that uh, I was singing one of her songs, and then afterwards we had a jam session, and that was on the theme of um, what is it called? This song on the on the EP, the long experimental one. Uh, I can't oh. remember the title. Yeah, the one with the oh, 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 all this stuff, you know, <laughs> this one. I don't remember the title. Me neither. And, uh, and we just, uh, it was like, I fit right in there because I was already, uh, I had already started to listen a lot to uh, experimental music. And so they had been, they, they started to go in that direction before I came in. 
And I was already there because of the jazz. And I also listened to like Sprechgesang, if you've heard about that from Germany, or if you have heard about Piero Lunaire from Schoenberg, which is like this type of singing, you know? So I was already on my way into this uh, experimental stuff. So I, in a way, the reason why maybe I was different was because I I was not part of that scene I, and I didn't know about it. So, so <laughs> that's that's cool. <laughs> that's cool to think about. I didn't think so much about it at the time, but when I'm looking back, I see that. And when Amnette was speaking about it, I was like, wow, yeah, this is like uh, confirming lots about it now, today. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uh, you, you, actually, you mentioning uh, Sprechgesang, uh, which is mm -hmm. kind of a rap, but not in the you know U.S. American hip hop way. Yeah. A lot of people would think <laughs> there was actually last week or two weeks ago there was a crazy amazing release from a French band called Lotus Titan. Uh huh. Um, their debut album called Odyssey, like mm -hmm. a, a like a French plural of Odysseys. Um, <laughs> And it's uh, it's it's uh, the 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 front woman is doing uh, the most amazing French Sprechgesang over <laughs> something <laughs> they call rock libre, so free rock, oh. and it it's it's absolutely amazing. I I I, I can't recommend it enough to you um, if you are looking for something crazy and weird. Um, for a change, um, yeah. I, I I really really need to get my hands on that album and I, and I want to 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 check out the 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 lyrics as well because they seem so deep and 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 meaningful and I, I even though I, I I speak basic French um, is something different if the if, if you're kind of uh, yelled at and there's music going on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> This is maybe like not the introduction to Prague album though. <laughs> I'm no. missing. <laughs> no, no, not at all. This is um, for advanced progress. Yes, and even even some advanced progress might not dig it or get into it, which is fine because is cool. I mean, taste is. Are still uh, still differing, and and uh, it's of course a cool thing. Not 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 everyone can like everything. Um, <laughs> Anne Marie, you you told us earlier that you 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 actually quit the band because you were admitted to to the opera school and and uh, to the to the conservatory, um, right? And and then uh, that that was in 1997, I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so have you been um, a professional in that in that opera um, uh, or in the classical music um, world uh, since then, or or was that yeah. your main musical outlet? <laughs> yeah, I would just mention another thing before I talk about that is that my sister Monica, she was in a band called Atrox. And the way she came into the scene was through singing with me on uh, Painting on Glass. In uh, I don't remember the titles of our songs. I don't even have my I have the series myself. So <laughs> if I want to listen to Thorne and Mortal, I go on YouTube. 
But, uh, <laughs> you can borrow mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave them away. I'm so... Uh, I'm giving away stuff, you know. But uh, what I was uh, going to say about that is that uh, she was actually uh, studying, uh, listening to a lot of indie, Indian music. Oh, you know this stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I do yeah. remember the early yeah. Atrox albums from listening to yeah. them on Progolus Radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's uh, even more, uh, much more crazier than me. But uh, as then uh, your question was if I was a professional in uh, classical music. Yes, uh, I, uh, after I I started to to, uh, to study classical singing, I developed very quickly and I started to get jobs very quickly, and I I got roles and uh, so I started to travel a lot. So. Uh, 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 mostly in, in Scandinavia to do like oratoriums uh, and opera roles and diverse stuff, and I actually continued a little bit with the with the own my own compositions with my sister actually in this tactile Gemma project that I had. Mm. So um, and there we had the one Sprechke song there, <laughs> the upstitch one stripped open. Chasing the unframed images. You remember, maybe if you heard it. Last time they were unstitched. 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 Well, so uh, so then after uh, um, two or three years, I wanted to move again. I, I like to move around. I, I guess <laughs> uh, I get uh, bored if I'm doing the same thing all the time. So I, uh, I moved to, um, to, uh, uh, to Oslo. And uh, yeah, I was doing a role in the, in the Trønder Operan, which is the Trondheim Opera. And there were some people from the Opera of Oslo that came there and they heard me and they wanted me to come down to to uh, Oslo to uh, to try for a role, and I got that role, and then I I got into the opera school of Stockholm, and when I was there, I had already already got that role, and uh, then the headmaster of the school she told me, oh you cannot go and uh, and take that role because then uh, you will lose your place in the school. Oh. And I was saying to the people that arranged the opera, well, I will be kicked out of school if I take the role. Can I please uh, <laughs> quit the role? And uh, the, uh, they said, they told me, no, if you're going to quit the role, we have to give the role to somebody more experienced than you. And she, she wants to have double your pay and you have to pay it. <laughs> so, Ouchie. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that was the situation I was in. So I was thinking, what am I going to do now? So what I did was the, that they arranged for me to come back after one year. And uh, so I had, uh, what is it called in, when we say permission in Norwegian? A leave of absence. Yeah. So then I moved to Oslo for a year. So then I had the opportunity to do a lot of fun stuff and do different roles and so and then when I came back, uh, um, 
they told me like, oh, you can already sing. I don't think you should go here for three and a half years. So I, we think you should switch over to another uh, education, which is just one and a half year for people that have more experience and stuff. And then I think that was a good choice. So I got out of that school pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so you you found your musical home uh, in 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 opera and classical music, so to speak, in in the years after after the third and the mortal. In a way, but uh, the thing is that. Um, and not not that I want to you know to put you in that box that you only oh, do no. that, but it it was your main musical <laughs> thing. Yeah, but, yeah yes. Uh, I'm not offended, offended at all. The, my point is that uh, I'm a, a type of person that likes to explore things, and I want to find the truth about things, and I want to find the origins of, of things. And I felt that there was something wrong with classical singer, modern classical singing, uh, that there was something wrong with the technique, and it didn't sound right for me. It was something I felt inside it. They did it differently earlier. So I mm -hmm. started to, I was trying to find a teacher that could teach me how to, how, how to sing like they were singing back in the old days. So I went through all these teachers in Stockholm <laughs> to find this teacher. <laughs> wow. And, uh, because I knew there was something there because I had read the, the biography of Birgit Nilsson and I had read about uh, uh, UC Berling and I had listened to them and I heard they were different than the modern ones and uh, um, so I found a teacher after a while that uh, was the student of Carlo Bergonzi one of the great singers from Italy and when I met him and sang for him, and he started to work with me, I was like, wow, I found my home. But then I started to have trouble in my school <laughs> because <gasps> classical singing has turned into something else. And I'm not trying to offend anybody, but the way people are singing, classical singing today is very airy and round. And it's like far back, like oh, you know. If you hear, when people talk about opera, it's like oh, I don't like opera because they they sound so. Uh, uh, what can you call it? Um, uptight or uh, like old ladies, you know? Like, oh, <laughs> this way with a lot of vibrator and stuff. Yeah. But they didn't sound like that in the old days. It was much more. Uh, Forward, it was more uh, more Italian to say it straight. <laughs> it was more uh, uh, like when you say "Mamma mia," you know, it's like in the mask, in the face. In the mask. And the people are talking about the mask, but they are instead of understanding what the mask singing is, they think that it's supposed to be nasal. So you have e either you have like or you have. <laughs> like very nasal. So, so it's like 
<laughs> and I was starting to understand how it worked. And uh, and also when it came to repertoire, people were always singing the wrong repertoire. Everybody wanted to wear shoes that were maybe two sizes too big. Everybody wanted to be so dramatic. And uh, my voice is not uh, like a small type of voice. It's not, it has some volume, but it doesn't mean that I'm a dramatic Wagner singer. It, mm -hmm. it just this means that I have an opera voice that is fit to sing in a big room. So when I came to my headmaster and said, I'm going to sing this and this and this type of roles, that headmaster, she told me, well, if you're going to sing that, what are the other girls going to sing then? <laughs> so, so I got into a lot of trouble because of this. And uh, what I did was just actually to stay away from that place as much as possible <laughs> to get away from that, yeah. that, that, that is some some super super nerdy um uh vocal technique stuff there and also super yeah. super interesting anecdotes uh, for me at least i'm 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 not sure if our proggy uh listeners are uh, are that much into it but i appreciate the the insights in your in your career after yeah. the third and the mortal um, you said you like to explore things. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to bring up uh, towards the end here is that um, you also uh, picked up painting. And, and um, is, is that something that you are doing are doing kind of publicly as an artist? Um, because I've seen some pictures of you now and I think they're absolutely stunning. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Is I, uh, well, I, I started off as, uh, as an art student first. I, I wanted to study art. But then uh, when I was like 17, I, uh, I felt like, well, I'm singing so much and uh, I didn't want to have, the, have a job where I had to wake up in the morning and every, t every day I had to, to bring up some new stuff and make a new picture. I was thinking that this is how it is to, to do work as an artist. <laughs> so, so I was thinking, no, I don't think I can do that. How, how am I, I going to get the inspiration and stuff? But uh, 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 so I started to, to study singing instead, but I, I continued to, pay, to paint and draw. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, so during the year, the years when I was in the third and the mortal, I was actually painting a lot, especially when I did uh, uh, painting on glass. Uh, but I, I was painting most uh, most with watercolors, and not so much uh, with uh, oil. Just a few paintings with oil. So when I started to paint, now after all these years, I started in November. Uh, I started to paint with uh, acrylics. And uh, I started off with painting very small pictures and uh, just for the training. And I was painting like uh, olive oil bottles and <laughs> tomatoes and stuff like that. Just so that we were still life. Of that. <laughs> yes. And then I, I, I found this box. Uh, um, well, before I moved there, I found the, the box with all the old paintings from 95, 94, 92, and all those. those and I revisited those pictures again now, and uh, it was very interesting to see what I was painting when I was recording the Painting on Glass album. And I, I'm, I have started to to show some of those pictures for my audience, so that they because it's like this thing was missing from. <laughs> 
from yeah. your artistic output you <laughs> yeah uh, i used uh, one of my paintings for one uh, uh poster i think for the third mortal but i i did so much that maybe could have been shown but uh, that was not what we were doing so uh, uh but now i feel like the painting is is going to be uh, a part of of my artistry, not just something that I do at home in the, secret. The, the, very incredible paintings uh, for you yeah. listeners out there. Please go check out on Facebook Anne-Marie.Alexis. and and I'm I'm really uh, curious to see your uh, development now that you all, all also see it as something to publish <laughs> uh, yeah, and show your you know, audience. Yeah, the only thing is that I, I'm thinking about in these days with the digital, uh, everything is digital. It's so easy to steal stuff from people. So I'm, uh, I, I need to find a way to copyright things because if I, I have, show I, I, somebody I have, can go yeah. and steal it and Unfortunately, take my Unfortunately, I don't, I, I can't give you any advice on that. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking very much forward to what you will come up next with um Apart from your paintings that you started um, publishing now and, and showing your audience, now that you, you have uh, come back into the uh, not classical circus, I mean, it's still it's neoclassical, but, but I think Autumn Tears is very different to what, you, you, what, what you've been doing uh, uh, these years in the classical circus, I would say. Um, so now, now that you, you did this little project, is there uh, anything uh, musical uh, maybe coming from you in the future again? Yeah, very much. Uh, uh, I could say that um, uh, during the, the years uh, uh, after I started to do opera and stuff, I, I actually uh, stepped back a little. Uh, not a little, but a lot, because I had a family and I, I have five children. <laughs> so uh, obviously I couldn't go uh, around and travel so much. So I was singing in smaller venues and stuff. But then when I, I felt like, like I wanted to start to explore uh, um, my classical singing again and maybe get my technique also to a higher level, that, that was how I... Uh, came to Italy because I studied with a teacher here, uh, Salvatore Fisichella is his name. And uh, then uh, I started to get on a very high level uh, in the bel canto. Uh, uh, and that's why he also said to me, you have to move from Norway, you need to come here and start to sing in Italy. And I was hooked up with some uh, conductors and I started to have some concerts. And when the lockdown came, I was so ready <laughs> to get out. So it was like a big blow in my face. To I had to stay at home. And uh, I'm not 25 years old anymore. So, <laughs> you know, but of course you can sing you know, in many years. And, but what happened was that uh, uh, when Ted contacted me and asked me to do the um, Autumn Tears project, uh, that made me want to start to compose again and I started to write my own lyrics again and I have actually made yeah I think I have three songs now and I have uh, lyrics for almost the whole album 
Wow. And I also have pictures to go with the, the lyrics and the songs. Uh, and I, in the, this is like more into the maybe a little jazzy side of me. But also, it's, it's a blend, I would say. Uh, but I also have some uh, songs that is more into the religious uh, direction, like church music, which is going to be like more like psalms with classical singing and maybe organ playing. I'm not sure what mm -hmm. kind of instruments I'm going to have. So, so uh, I have many different things uh, going on. So we'll see what will come out first. But it seems yeah. like it's going to be the those songs that are more into the experimental jazzy slash classical direction. Very curious about uh, that. We'll keep yeah. we'll keep our eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Agnete, finally, uh, any any news uh, from from your side? Regarding the matter <laughs> camp, uh, before we wrap this up. <laughs> well, um, my COVID period has been mainly just starting a zillion new projects. So where do you want to start? <laughs> no, but from the matter camp, I mean, um, we are we have been pre-producing the new album, and we are starting to record drums in a couple of weeks. So that'll be the O album for those of you following <laughs> our titles. <laughs> And I'm really, really excited. I think we are doing something slightly conceptual with the art and the lyrics and the, also with the actual production of the album. Wow. It's going to be um, a very tricky thing for BP, but I think it's going to, going to be very interesting. You're, you're mentioning something something conceptual with the art. Are you, are you going to work together with Costin Turiano? Maybe we are we are still deciding on. I mean, depends on also because if you know Costin, you know that he's he's very busy <laughs> up to his his ears in work, you know. But I would love to if we can. But we have been talking about maybe using one of my father's paintings, possibly for the cover. But we're still like in the decision process there because music first and then everything else afterwards All right, right? <laughs> <laughs> but i'm also doing uh, i've been doing a lot of other projects with other people recording vocals for various collaborators <laughs> around the world really like autumn tears like like, autumn like tears. the one that brought us together here today <laughs> like the one that brought us together here i'm looking at working with um I'm doing two duets on the Autumn Tears album. So I'm doing one with Anne-Marie and one with Tamar Singer from Zeresh, which everybody should check out. And um, so there's going, there's going to be a lot of Agneta coming out <laughs> next year, I think. All right. Um, to oh, yes. And also, I have to remember to plug our documentary is coming out this summer the howl of the underdogs yes so randy randy is not here today to plug it so you have to do it um I have to you plug you um uh you managed to find the, the right spot um uh, we talked so much about so so much uh, so, so many interesting topics that we're way past our uh, usual time uh we don't really have the time for a, for a proper what's in your walkman here even though it would have been uh, very interesting with Anne-Marie, of course. Um, so I'm just going to throw out my three picks for today, um, staying in Norway and also with the, 
with our um, beautiful and amazing um, and powerful women here. Um, the new generation is coming with Mare playing House is one of the best albums, one of my favorite albums of the year so far. We also had uh, them on the broadcast earlier, um, enjoying the hell out of this album still. And um, a very different album from Norway that just dropped last week is from a band called Laughing Stock. Zero Acts 1 and 2, we talked about it on the um, on the broadcast Friday Top 5, uh, Randy and I. It um, It's beautifully, uh, very melancholic, very, very sad, but beautiful. And, and last but not least, I want to give a shout out to uh, Danielle Sassi and her band Storchi. Uh, who dropped a new EP last week on March 20 called Crude. Uh, Danielle is, of course, uh, Israeli flutist and the daughter of Yossi, whom I had on the broadcast um, just last week. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so much amazing music. Thank you, Agnete and Anne-Marie, for joining us today. It was very, very interesting and uh, hope to talk to both of you when the time comes again. <laughs> for now, to our listeners, thanks for listening as always. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, broadcast, podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and listen to great music. Progcast is a Stuus Media podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Progcast Podcast. To learn more about Stuus Media, check out stuusmedia.com. Progcast is hosted and produced by Dario Albrecht and myself, Randy M. Salo, and is co-produced by Janine Stengel-Lewis and Blake Lewis. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant. New episodes of Progcast drop every Monday and Thursday, and don't miss our Friday Top 5 episode where we discuss our favorite albums that drop that week. See you next time, Prog fam. <laughs>